fight was a lot of Moira. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that will uh, vulcanize your tires while you wait. Not available in any state, province, or territory. I am Max. And I am JR. Woof. Yeah. Okay. Woof. We're going to do a show. I swear yeah. to God. Or I'll turn yeah. this house around. Yep. Uh, drive it right uh, over the next cliff I see like a fucking... Uh, oops. A small woodland animal known for running off of cliffs. Lemming? Yes. Except they don't. No, they don't. They don't. That was... That was lemming genocide caught on camera. <laughs> people shoving lemon lemmings off shit if you didn't know yeah uh <laughs> not to your person <laughs> not, following us here not to hijack uh, this entirely but we're gonna talk about fucking lemmings for at least about 20 we're gonna minutes talk about a lot of things uh <laughs> lemmings don't don't go off cliffs uh, <coughs> they, those le where that came from was an old disney uh documentary uh, where they shoved lemmings off of a cliff and just made that up. In other news, purebred dogs die quicker and easier. It's not good for them because of all the inbreeding. <laughs> what else would you like us to ruin about animals? Would it? Would you like that? Oh no! I was. Here's a, I was thinking. Here's a fun thing. Elephants worship the moon. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's... They worship the fucking moon. <laughs> And and was, people are out there killing them. I was gonna say uh, the thing about the inbreeding being bad and why they die so easy is uh, all the same with like royals from yeah I don't know the 1400s to the uh, probably late 1800s present day, present day really I mean the, the until thing. the new crops start having more kids and they start having kids with non royals then, yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough ride for a while. Yeah. What are we talking anyway. about? News! How are you? Should we do the how are you? Mm. <laughs> I, it's... The same, the same week we had the conversation with Moira about putting the cat to sleep, I also had the conversation with her about why purebred dogs are not good and, like, how we're ruining dogs. And, uh, and she was just like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, God, but I can't, I can't let her grow up thinking purebred is a good thing. No, right? No, no. Like, no, you know, I'm sitting there explaining to her. Well, no, we've breeds were created because people started selecting for certain traits. But since then, it's become this weird eugenics thing where they're forced to mate with their siblings, and it just does not go anywhere good. And now, like, bulldogs can't breathe and can't give birth naturally, and golden retrievers all get cancer, and, like, <laughs> shit like that. And it's just like, ha ha. This all happened because she's doing a, in writing for school, she's doing a, a little question and answer book about dogs. And the site we had to go to, her teacher sent us to for researching, only had books about different breeds, not about dogs in general. And so I'm just like, yeah, don't, 
this is all bad. Every single one of these pictures, that dog is miserable. <laughs> like, oh, this is why I shouldn't be teaching my daughter. Like, this is why. This is why we this as is a why this pain decided to pay other people to do this, and we don't pay them enough. The thing is, the thing is, Moira is going to come out of this pandemic <coughs> fucked up. That's just all there is to well, it. Well, yeah. And part of it, part of it is the isolation and not being able to see your friends and just the stress and anxiety of all of this. And part of it is just going to be because I'm the one who's teaching her. And I'm just constantly like, well, actually, the entire world is filth and horror. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you know, the... the, the... The old yarn around the internet is uh, the internet was a mistake. And that's true yeah. for sure. But, like, I think we can go back. We can we can stretch that out to a just humanity possibly was a mistake. We're not good at yeah. it. We're real bad at it, actually. On the one hand, I think that the internet is, like, one of the greatest egalitarian inventions. In terms of like sure, but the democratization <laughs> of knowledge uh -huh. and things like that, but, but there is such a thing as too much knowledge sometimes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm entirely serious when I say I think the internet is on a level with like the Gutenberg Press and shit like that. Like, you know, yeah. fuck yeah, absolutely. But also like, ugh, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we just happened to be around the same time that they were smashing presses. You know, like in that evolution. Like, that was. Yeah. That's literally yeah. what troglodytes are, is people who were, like, out there smashing presses because yeah. knowledge became too free, right? We're doing this. We're going through that exact same growing pains, except yeah. uh, there have been Nazis, and now there are Nazis. Yep. Okay, we should we should wrench this thing back on the rails somehow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, lemmings. Um, yep, yep, lemmings. No. Oh, and uh, news. Well, news. also what? Edison uh, electrified an elephant. Yeah. There. It was a, it was a it was a trick. Like it was just like, "Hey, on on the flip side of that though, you should know that elephant was terrible." <laughs> oh, like, sure. He he was he was racist and anti-Semitic, and he he cheated on his taxes. Uh, so that specific elephant, um, <laughs> fucking kind of deserved it. it. But uh, on the in general, like don't treat elephants like shit because they're one of the most sentient creatures on this planet. Uh, they worship the moon. Well, I mean, when you when you look at I mean, <laughs> elephants in general, like so many, th so many things about them, they mourn their dead, yeah. which is something that very few other animals do. Yep. They did a brain scan of elephants that showed that when they see a human, the same part of their brain yeah. lights up as when we, we see kittens. Uh, and it's, so elephants think we're adorable. Uh, I mean, not when we're killing them, obviously, but in general, um, how you do know, you get a, they're, how do you get an elephant to sit still for an MRI? 
I mean, elephants are are pretty are pretty cool as long as they're not like pissed off. Yeah, but like, so I feel like I'm saying if you're gonna get an elephant to sit still for an to sit still for anything and not piss it off, having a loud banging going on around their <laughs> skull does not sound like because MRI machines again. We're off in the weeds here, but they're <laughs> fucking loud. I feel like most of our time today is going to be spent like just plowing through shit at a at a an enormous clip because we're sitting here at the open talking about you Lemmings know and elephants and, and then, my yeah. daughter's trauma <laughs> and like all this other shit. We got. Uh, uh, Luckily, we don't have much in way of news. Go for news! Uh, the only news that I could really find was that there was they announced the uh, cast for the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur animated series coming to uh, Disney Channel. Uh, Diamond White will star as Moon Girl. Alfrey Woodard is going to be playing her grandmother Mimi. Libe Bearer as uh, Lunella's friend uh, Casey. Sashir Zamata as her mom Adria. Jermaine Fowler as her dad James Jr. Uh, Fred Tateschiori as Devil Dinosaur. Gary Anthony Williams as Lunella's grandfather Pops. And Lawrence Fishburne, who is also the executive producer of the series, is going to be playing the Beyonder. So. Um, that I took don't... a turn. Like, you were reading this list and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. And then, I don't know who that is. I don't really know who that is. I assume, like, if I were really into uh, paying attention to the animation credits i would know who that who people are with the exception you know i know who alfrey woodard is um but like and then lawrence fishburne is also is executive producing cool and playing the beyonder i don't know anything about moon girl and devil dinosaur apparently like yeah that just because the beyonder huh all right yeah I don't know that's an interesting I'm, run I'm, of I'm on board yeah sure yeah I, I have um, nothing bad to say about any of this I'm still really unhappy with uh Disney Channel fucking over ducktales but I'm on, I'm on board for this how did they do um, that Disney did what they've done several times now where they've uh moved a series from Disney Channel to their to the shittier little brother channel Disney XD mm-hmm. uh, where it then fails to make the same ratings weirdly enough and then it gets <coughs> cancelled and that's what happened to DuckTales it was on Disney Channel for, seri- for seasons 1 and 2 and they're like cool this has a built in audience now let's move it to Disney XD, so it'll, you know, we can clear up space for other things. At which point the ratings dropped, and they're like, well, fuck DuckTales, I guess, and they canceled it. So, yeah. Anyway, that that's, that's my own beef with, that's one of many beefs with Disney that I have. 
Uh, which really makes doing stuff like this really difficult, because I'm just like, fucking Disney. Anyway, let's talk about Marvel for two hours. Um, <laughs> fucking Disney. I contain multitudes. <laughs> I am an onion. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm going to watch it. Absolutely. Sure. Like, there was never any doubt about that. No. Um, but anyway, uh, comics. Why not? Comics. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man number 22 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Joe Rubenstein, written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Mike Zack, inked by uh, Bruce Patterson, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Bruce Patterson, and edited by Bob Hall. Um, Moon Knight and Spider-Man come into conflict because the Magia knows that Moon Knight, at least part of the time, is this cab driver, Jake. Um, so the Magia is going after Jake. By In order to do that, they're going and taking hostages at the diner he's always at. So Moon Knight's like, grr, and goes after them. Uh, while that's going on, Spider-Man has a run-in with some of them. Uh, and so initially, initially they come to blows because Spider-Man thinks Moon Knight's going to kill this guy. Uh, Moon Knight is like, no, you fucking idiot. I don't just don't want him to get away. Uh, and so forth. And then, uh, their, <laughs> their, um, fight is interrupted because the guy had made it to a phone and called the head of the Magia who sent Cyclone to uh, take care of things. Cyclone, if you don't recall, uh, appeared in Amazing Spider-Man a while back. Uh, he's super duper French and uh, pretty shitty, really. Um, yeah, it's it's but... shitty Batrock the Leaper. Like... I would almost oh, rather yeah. Batrock. I would always rather Batrock. That's Batrock's true. awesome. Uh, we're, I, I think we're... Batrock the Leaper was a joke when we first started, like when you and I first met. Like, we would make yeah. fun of Batrock the Leaper. But honestly, like, his... His Captain America appearances are crap. But the, the appearances from... Uh, oh, shit. Was that... Iron Fist or Shang-Chi? Or both? Uh, yes. They were good. I really enjoyed him in that. Because they made a much better deal of, like, he's a fucking mercenary. Once the money's gone, he's like, bye. And also protecting well, his people and, like, you know, that was cool, too. Yeah. So there was a lot more characterization in, like, two pages than I've ever seen of... A lot of our villains, actually. So, especially this guy. Fuck this guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Batrock, <laughs> you know, I like that Batrock, I mean, he's got a code of honor yep. that he follows. Yeah. It's not, it's not the best code of honor, but like, he's not, he's not out here killing just to kill. If he's hired to take care of something, then he will. Yeah. But like, he's not some sociopath who's just out here murdering anyone who gets in his way and he's not a psychopath who's murdering just to murder he's just a guy who has a set of skills that 
and a certain moral flexibility. <laughs> and like And has decided to turn that into money. Yeah. And assume like <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I mean Sure. Honestly, I'm okay. I'm kind of okay with that because as long as If it, anything, the villain in that situation is capitalism. Well that's what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> But also, like, we've seen several times where he, where whoever is supposed to be paying him is like, you'll get your money after the thing is gone. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The money's not guaranteed? Bye. Like, he yeah. just leaves. Like, as soon as he knows there's, like, again, moral flexibility. But, like, as soon as the, the job isn't guaranteed to get paid, I'm not doing yeah. this. Fuck you. Yeah. This is not... Yeah. I'm not going to beat up this asshole just because you're... No, that's not the way this works. Um, We've spent several minutes talking about a character who's not even in this issue. Not in this week. That's how bad Cyclone is. Yes. Not in this week. All right. So, Um, 23. So, Spectacular Spider-Man number 23 has a cover by Keith Pollard and is penciled by Jim Mooney, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Cyclone throws Moon Knight far away uh, and uh, seemingly deals with Spider-Man, but in fact Spider-Man ducks into a manhole, uh, at which point the the guy that Spider-Man and Moon Knight were chasing is just like, oh, thank God, and Cyclone's like, well, I'm also here to deal with you because you don't just call the head of the Magia what the fuck is the matter with you? So he sucks all the air out of his lungs and kills him. So Cyclone gets away. Moon Knight and Spider-Man uh, head back to Moon Knight's uh, palatial estate uh, and to plan their next moves. They find that uh, the guy that was killed had a brochure for Grant's tomb. And so... Uh, they decide, well, clearly that's where this whole thing is going to take place. Um, so uh, we cut to Grant's tomb, at which point um, all of the all of these various Magia factions and everybody are arriving. Cyclone and his men are there, and they the leader of the Magia, this big M. Uh, is supposed to be putting in an appearance. Um, Moon Knight barricades one door out and Spider-Man webs up the other. Um, And then they smash in through the skylight. Um, Cyclone is just like, Zootalor! And like, calls up a big wind, uh, which winds up tossing his own men around everywhere while Spider-Man and Moon Knight are largely unfazed. Um, and so, um, it turns out that Big M was actually hiding in the tomb in order to make his grand appearance. And he's just like, I'm just going to wait this shit out. (laughs) Um, at which point, like, uh, Moon Knight and Spider-Man are able to capture everyone who was there. End of issue. In the midst of all of this, we have Flash and Shawshan being yeah. all cutesy, and Betty Brandt and Peter Parker are going out to see a movie, but, like, Betty is still, like, 
Betty is kind of cooling on the whole thing, it seems like, and kind of wondering what Ned is doing. Which, yeah, like, what the fuck are you... Who who gets into who gets into a little bit of trouble with their husband and is just like bye and heads to another continent, like freaking idiot. But anyway, well, so she's finally cooling on it. Uh, also, Hector, uh, the white white tiger, white tiger, yeah, is. All of our, we get a check over the two, course of both issues. We get a check in with where's everybody at for our cast of this book because this book has yeah. like a different side cast than Amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah. slightly. Uh, Betty is kind of being like, "Oh God, what did I do? I should probably go back, or at least try to find Ned." She calls Paris. There's nothing. Uh, cries herself to sleep. Hector is like, I, I hate being the white tiger. This sucks. And he, he's got a sister that's giving him shit uh, for being white tiger. Yeah. And uh, the girl he was into, Holly, is sort of beginning to waffle back on whether she was going to be so pissed off at him for not telling her that he was white tiger or telling her. I don't remember why she was mad. Um, and Mary Jane is going out with a dude who sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Going out with a dude that she legitimately is thinking in the last panel that we see, Lord, what a square. Which is like, man, this guy has to absolutely honk if, if this guy's a square and you've been dating Peter Parker. For several years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, these issues of Spider-Man are okay. Uh, they're not, mainly not a... Great. They're mainly a... Wouldn't you like to read some Moon Knight? And... Yeah. The answer yeah. is... Sure? Yeah. I... I'd rather be reading Moon Knight at the because Moon no, Knight I mean, is just I, these like, two issues feel like an advertisement for Moon Knight and not yeah. Spider Man, and I'm like right. I think they may be gauging interest in sure. Moon Knight, okay? Uh, because you know Moon Knight up until this point has had like a couple of issues wherein he's appeared in like werewolf by night and shit uh and like defenders defenders and stuff like that we may be gauging people's interest for moon knight as a concept in order to you know eventually lead to a moon knight series and in that case it's fine like we don't get into we don't get into a lot about how profoundly crazy he is, but I don't think... I feel like... I don't think we will for a while. No, we definitely Um, won't, because I I feel like that is an evolution that takes place later. Right now, they're presenting all the things that he's doing as completely rational sort of things that one would do. And, uh... No. But, like, we'll get to that. Like... Yeah. The fact that he goes to his own house, takes off his mask, meets with a woman that he is pre- assumedly having a, some sort of relation with, 
supposedly having some sort of relationship with, and she is calling him an entirely different name that is not Jake or Mark or... I don't remember what the third name is. And it's like, she's calling him uh, Steve. Steven. Steven. And it's like... Because because he's Mark Spector, he's Jake Lockley, uh and he's Steven Grant. And Stephen Grant is like the Bruce Wayne kind of Play- persona. Yeah. Uh, Jake Lockley is the cab driver, right. and then Mark Spector is what he was before uh, all of the Kanchu shit. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, let's just do a Moon Knight book already, <laughs> and make him profoundly crazy. Like, yeah, that's. Damn it, why did he have to turn out and be an asshole? Because <laughs> that looks so yeah. good. Anyway, uh, uh, we then we then turn to what the bulk of this week is going to be, which is Thor number 272, uh, which has a cover by John Buscema and Irving Watanabe and is written by Roy Thomas, penciled by John Buscema, inked by Tom Palmer, colored by George Russo, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Roy Thomas and Jim Shooter. Now, one thing I will say is I like... This week in Thor, we get a lot more that draws heavily from Norse mythology. Yes. So, over the course of this week, we're going to see Odin... Losing an eye, even though in Norse mythology, he lost that a long-ass time ago. Yeah. Uh, like, around the time the Earth was, that Midgard was created. It was one of the first things, um, it was one of the first things that happened. Like, Yeah, after... like, if you if you read, like, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology or something like that, that's, like, one of the first things in there. Is he goes is to, he, goes to he gives up his yeah. eye... Uh, in return for knowledge. Right. Um, and then hangs himself for knowledge of the runes. Um, so we finally get that. This issue itself is actually entirely based around a, a Norse myth. Yeah. Um, because what happens is that uh, we start this issue and Thor is flying through New York uh, when he sees some kid bullying a bunch of smaller kids, he intervenes and the bully's just like, ah, oh, fuck, Thor, and takes off, which, of course, like, I realize the kid is a bully, but he's also, like, 12. <laughs> and, like, when Thor comes up and is like, thou must knock this the fuck off, then you're just going to be like, duh! Like, and Thor treats this like, well, of course, that's what bullies do. And it's like, that's what 12-year-olds do. <laughs> like, when you come up and you start menacing a 12-year-old with an, with an invincible hammer, which you use to call down the lightning, his running off is not the actions of a bully, it's the actions of a sane 12-year-old. <laughs> anyway. Well, so... I mean, you that 12-year-old would do that if you were just a fairly large adult being like, hey... You doing a bully? And he'd be like, no, I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, So, once this bully has been run off, he's like, you know, it's... uh, You you need to stand up to bullies. And the kid's like, well, of course you'd say that. You're fucking (laughs) four. 
He's like, you've never lost at anything. And Thor's like, well, no, actually, I I have. Which, what's weird, what's weird about this, uh, this story that he tells is that this is being framed yeah. as the day that Thor failed. But also, like, Thor didn't fail in all of this. Like, he was set up to fail. Yeah. But he came through in all of this purely because he didn't give up. Right. And so, like, at no point does Thor actually fail. So this comes across like a serious humble brag. And, <laughs> like, I, okay. If he would have done it, if he would have been like, you know, you have to push through or, you know, just just wait. You know, like, I know you're I know you think you're little now, but you'll be bigger one day or you can work toward that or whatever. Then this story makes a little more sense. But, yeah, you're right. As of as this is framed, you're just like, wait, no, Thor. You still won. It, you were just being lied to. <laughs> it's a it's I drank half like, the ocean. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's seriously just like so <laughs> what we were supposed to take from that is that your when we're confronted by adversity we should respond by drinking half the ocean so that even if we lose we really win at life. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so, I just love a 9-year-old looking at Thor and being like work with me here. I'm just <laughs> I'm just a little confused. I'm trying. All right. Yeah. So the story he tells is Loki and Thor way back when were traveling and they wound up in this strange land where the trees were enormous, even compared to like Earth's redwoods or what have you. Um, and while they're there, they, during the night, they, um, uh, they sleep in this cave and the next morning they wake up. It turns out that the rumbling they'd had been hearing throughout the night were the snores of this giant, uh, who not only is not, is a giant by like Norse standards, but like a giant or not only is a, is a giant by regular standards, but is a giant by as guardian standards where like they have frost giants, but this dude is a fucking giant yeah um and the cave that they slept in was actually his glove and blah 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 so they try they talk to this giant and he's like yeah okay whatever fuck off um and like uh they ask him for some food and he's like yeah sure it's in my bag just don't wake me up um and they try to get it open it won't open Thor is unable to even budge the knot on the bag. Uh, so he goes over and tries to wake up the giant. And he like hits him as hard as he can with Mjolnir uh, in the chest. And the giant is just like, huh, I feel like a bug landed on me. What? Did you see anything? And Thor's like, uh, what? <laughs> um, so they, they, he this giant allows them to follow behind him uh and he disappears into this castle they go in they make their way inside climbing under a door where they meet utgard 
uh, the ruler of this land. And uh, he's like, tell me why I shouldn't just smash you. Like, give me a reason. And uh, they're like, uh, because we're Asgardians and you don't fuck with Asgardians. And he's like, fine, I'll tell you what. I will give you five tasks to complete. If you can complete them, uh, then I won't, you're free to leave. Uh, if not, into my dungeon and then I'm going to kill you. Uh, and they're like, fine, let's do it. So the first is an eating contest. Loki versus this guy, Logi. Uh, Loki eats a ton of shit, but then Logi just devours everything. Table, bowls, cups, all of it. So he loses. Next is a foot race wherein uh, Loki is meant to race this uh, this guy, Hugi. Uh, and he loses because Hugi is faster than anything. Um, so Thor's just like, Loki, you suck. <laughs> and he goes to uh, complete a challenge, which it turns out is to empty this drinking horn. But no matter how much he drinks, the level on the drinking horn stays the same. Uh, and he loses. Then they have to best this old woman, Ellie. The, cat, um, the cat's next. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a cat that Thor has to lift. And he's just like, whatever, it's a cat. And it's even like cat-sized by a Thor's per. Uh, standards like it's not a giant cat it's just a cat <laughs> and he fails to live house he, cat. the only thing he gets off is he gets one foot off the ground and that's yeah it. yeah uh and then there they have to fight this old woman ellie uh and thor tries to at which point uh he gets pinned like really like half nelson so quick um and so they're just like, well, I guess that's it. That's all five challenges. Uh, I guess that's it for us. At which point Utgard reveals that he'd been tricking them. Um, back, when, back when they met this first giant, that was actually Utgard in disguise. His bag had been magically sealed, so that's why Thor couldn't open it. When Thor hit him in the chest with his hammer, what he thought was the giant was actually a mountain and he fucking obliterated it uh and since they've gotten here all of these contests logi is actually fire and that's how it was able to consume everything uh and best loki a per Hugi the personification was, of fire yeah yeah uh Hugi was actually thought and there's no way you can move faster than thought uh the cat was actually the Midgard serpent, and Utgard was blown away that Thor managed to even lift as lift it as much as he did. Uh, and the the drinking uh, horn drinking horn was the other end was in the ocean, and he'd actually managed to lower sea levels <laughs> uh, in drinking from it. And then Ellie, uh, who he'd fought, was actually the personification of death. And so when Thor grappled with this woman, old woman, he was actually, like, aging uh, by the second. And that's why he felt his strength uh, leaving him. Um, and 
so you know the kid takes the the lesson from the this that Thor is wanting him to take away from it which is that I guess you know do your best no matter what and uh and everything um it turns out that this guy Utgard was going to declare war on Asgard uh yeah if they failed but that the fact that they were able to do as much as they had done had made him think that maybe that wasn't the best idea. And so he's just like, go in peace. Bye. I'll see you at some point when you're at a, when you're at your weakest. Um, and so, like I said, the kid takes the requisite, uh, the requisite lesson from all of this, uh, at which point Thor is approached by Harris Hobbs. Now, Harris Hobbs is one of two, no, three human people who have been to Asgard. There's Crusher Creel, right, uh, when he was sicked on Asgard by Loki. There's Jane Foster, and there's Harris Hobbs. Harris Hobbs uh, was in Asgard, and in the end, um, Thor erased his memory of Asgard because the thought, the memory of it would have destroyed him. Um, but told him that, uh, he would dream of it. Uh, and, but not really give it much credence as a general rule. Um, and it turns out that that's exactly what happened. Uh, and Harris Hobbs wants to shoot a special on location in Asgard. So, uh, that brings us into the actual thrust of this run of Thor, uh, which begins with Thor number 273, which has a cover by John Buscema, Tom Palmer, and Gaspar Saladino, and is edited by Roy Thomas. Um, Hobbes is explaining, you know, that he's remembering all of these things. He had the (laughs) dreams, which led him to go and see a therapist... And in the course of things, it kind of drew out more. And he's like, oh my god, I've actually been to Asgard. So he started talking uh, to his um, his producer about doing a special in Asgard. And man, he really needs this or else he'll lose his job. Additionally, he explains to Thor that he's also had a dream of Thor long ago uh, fishing for the Midgard Serpent. Um, he manages to catch it, uh, in this boat with this giant, but the giant's like, oh shit, what the hell are you doing? And like cuts the line. Uh, so the Midgard serpent gets away. Um, he tells that story and... to Loki. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My Cause bad. at first Thor's like, he's like, come on, man, let me go to, you know, I'm remembering the things. Let's go to take, bring me. Let me come to Asgard, and you can I can shoot the thing, and then I'll leave. It'll be fine. And Thor's like, yeah. uh, no. Because A, Odin's kind of probably pissed at me already. Like, because he, he almost always is. And B, yeah. uh, that'll really piss him off. We're not doing that. And he leaves. Like, he just straight yeah. fucks off, because he's like, no, we're not doing that. Bye. Uh, and then he's approached by someone else, and he... A shadowy figure that is like, you you remember other things, don't you? And that's when Hobbes tells the story about the Midgard Serpent. This guy right. reveals himself to be Loki, and he's like, we can still get you into Asgard, though, if you want. 
And he's like, fucking great. I'll go get my guys. And uh, Loki's like, cool. Uh, Thor goes to Stark International and meets Wilson Travers. Because he's trying to find out information on... He's there to get the chunks of Faust that are left. Because it's it's unwise to just leave them on Earth. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to Stark International to collect those as he is carrying this massive computer chunk out of the building. The Midgard Serpent attacks. Thor fights it, um, and it disappears a couple of times and then reappears elsewhere, but then disappears finally. Um, and it turns out that um, it was all an illusion. So Thor collects the... Um, the computer and flies it to Asgard arriving there on the rainbow bridge. He is greeted by Heimdall, uh, who's just like, yeah, um, things are kind of rough right now. Odin and Sif are both gone at the moment. Uh, they both looked pretty grim when they left. Uh, but yeah, you're welcome to head on in. And so he does. Um, at which point, the uh the once he's inside asgard the computer like the computer is sitting there and like volstag is like looking at it just like huh that's really weird uh and as he's doing so it falls open and out tumble uh harris hobbs and a sound and camera guy uh so these three stowed away inside the computer and they're like what the fuck are you doing? Why are you here? I said, no. Thor's like, I told you no. What the fuck are you doing? And Harris Hobbs is like, it wasn't my idea. Like somebody else suggested it. And that's when Loki's like, it was me. <laughs> and they're all like, Loki, but you're, you don't know who you are. You're supposed to be some random alcoholic on earth. And Loki's like, yes, but I'm Loki. And uh, this lasted all of like five minutes. Like it's yeah. really funny because it it was treated like this big thing, but literally like the minute their back is turned, Loki's just like, "I remember everything." Um, <laughs> I'm so whatever, Loki, and it's like, okay, we can't do Ragnarok without you. So I guess, I guess he's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, so basically he's like, yeah, I brought Loki's like going doing some crazy posturing and he's like, I brought these assholes here because that's part of the prophecy that there will be some assholes present when Ragnarok uh, uh, starts and yeah. uh I brought them here for that. Yeah. So, uh so Thor number 274 has a cover by John Buscema and Tom Palmer, and is colored by Bob Sharon. Um, Loki does his whole spiel about Ragnarok, um, and uh, the, this is irritating. So The Loki you spiel. Know, the, the Loki spiel. <laughs> I, There's I the wish, Odin sleep and the Loki spiel. I feel like everything in Asgard should have a name like that. Yep. Like, uh... 
that everything should be like, <laughs> come, I must go and take the Thorpus. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Heimdall poo. Um, <laughs> Heimdall poo. Um, but, so, you know, he's talking about all of this, and we, we get a lot of the of the sort of so Baldur's Balder has to die and like you know the armies of the trolls and the dead uh, uh, will join together with Loki and Fenrir, Fenrir and the Midgard Serpent and Surtur who will march on Asgard uh, Heimdall will die Thor and Loki will fight uh, and Thor will prevail only to be struck down by the Midgard Serpent and all of this shit. And they're just like, okay, whatever, fuck you. Get him, guys! Uh, at which point, Loki turns into a rat and scurries under a uh, statue of Odin. Um, Thor's like, let's get him, and goes to lift the statue. And they're like, Thor, that's a really bad idea. Your dad doesn't like anybody fucking with statues of him and Thor's like but he's getting away so he pulls up the statue which is of course exactly when Odin comes strolling back in and he's like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing um and at Thor's that like point, uh, I meant no offense yeah I was I was so intent on getting Loki. Loki's back, by the way. I was so intent on getting at Loki that I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing. Uh, and Odin's like, okay, okay. It's cool. It's cool. Harris and his men, meanwhile, are like filming all of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> And at that point, Harris, or one of the guys who we will find out is named Red is like, they're having a conversation about like, what the fuck is happening? Because they're tiny minds are having trouble comprehending yeah. it and Hobbes is like shut the fuck up we, we do not talk here and uh, Odin turns around and goes the fuck are there mortals here why yeah. Why does this happen every time I leave there's another goddamn mortal in my house when I get back it's like none of you are listening when I talk um, yeah. and He's like, okay, you know what? You're right. Uh, Loki brought him here. We're getting rid of them right now. Uh, and he yeah. go, Thor goes over and he's like, um, you gotta go. It's time. Yeah. Wrap this shit up. Uh, also, yeah. everyone goes, oh, by the way, Odin, looks like you had a mishap there in your your eye zone. Um, you got a story for that? And he's like, yeah, I did. I went and talked to Mimir again. Because I've already trapped him. Because he was a dick. Uh, well, so the the thing about Mimir is that, um, so Mimir has this well, and this well is like, uh, it's like at the intersection of several waters. It's a well of knowledge, and so way back when in Norse mythology, way back when, Odin paid a visit to the well and was like Mimir let me drink from the waters and Mimir's like no fuck you and Odin's like come on man I'll give it I'll do anything so Mimir tells him to cut out his eye and throw it in the well and he can drink from the well so he does um what happens then is that 
and this is difficult to fill in because a lot of the Norse epics are lost. Yeah. So at some point, Mimir, uh, at Odin's behest, went and lived with the Vanir, which is where Frigga is from. Yeah. Frigga is of the Vanir, uh, and was, um, and was, uh, a counselor to them. At some point, some fuckery happened, and his head got cut off and sent back to Odin. Odin, in the stories, took the um, took the head and dropped it in the well where it resides with his eye. And when Odin needs additional uh, insight on things, he will often take the head, talk to it, and the head will just be like, yeah, here's what you got to do. In this version... The head... Well, Mimir's but in, both in the old version, too, if I remember correctly... The head hates him as well. Like, well, yeah, but in this version, the head is fire. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because Odin made it that way. And yeah, it straight hates Odin. <laughs> and so at this point, he goes to see Mimir's head at the well. And Mimir's just like, I'm not telling you anything unless you give up your eye. And Odin's like, okay, and cuts out his right eye. And gives it to Mimir, and Mimir's like, I don't know nothing! Ha! Go talk to Vola. And, uh, and Odin's just like, ooh, Mimir! Uh, I don't know shit, go talk to Vola. Uh, so he goes and talks to, goes to the Land of the Dead, where Hela's basically kind of like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, I gotta see if Vola, as soon as I do, I'll get the hell out. And she's like, yeah. fine. Uh, is this where Hodor comes in? Well, yeah. he so he talks to Vola and finds out what he can. And then as he's leaving right. hell, uh, he is approached by Hodor. Yeah. Uh, and Hodor is this blind Asgardian who has been off traveling the lands. Um, and he's just like, hey, can I catch a lift back to Asgard? Uh, being blind and all. Come on, help a brother out. And uh, Odin is like, fine, hop on my horse. Um, so they return to Asgard. Uh, it's then that Sif shows back up and they have all of the various assembled goddesses, including Frigga. Um, Frigga and Odin are just like, nice to see you. Mwah, mwah. Um, let's go and have a talk. Uh, and Thor goes with... And the rest of them are just like, well, what do we do in the meantime? And Baldur's just like, this whole thing about me dying is just stupid. I can't die. I'm impervious, impervious to everything because my mom, Frigga, went around and asked everything to be super duper nice to me. Um, and they're all like, oh, yeah. Hey, let's let's show off a little bit. So they all start like firing uh, arrows at... Um, at uh, him and throwing spears and they're all either like redirecting or just like smashing against his chest and a good time is had by all uh, at that point and <laughs> Hobbs is like this is fucking dumb we should not be doing this guys you are tempting fate how am I the only one that sees this aren't you supposed to be gods and uh, he goes okay somebody here needs to talk sense so he runs out to uh talk to Thor 
he finds Thor and is like, they're shooting arrows at Balder, like idiots. And Thor's like, fuck that, bashes through a wall, just in time to find Loki, having given Hoder an arrow, because Hoder used to be an archer, gives him a bow and arrow so he can enjoy in, join in on the fun. Hoder shoots, and Balder gets pierced in the heart. Uh, because, well, we find that out soon. We find that we find that out, of course, you know, again, this is drawn directly from uh, the Norse myths. But yeah, so uh, that brings us to Thor number 275, which has a cover by John Buscema and Gaspar Saladino and is colored by Ben Sean. Um, so everybody's like, holy shit, Baldur's dead. And Loki's like, ha um it is really impossible not to look at some of his faces in the comics and not think that's exactly how he sounds well and evil and it's like because he's got the skinny face with the point yeah or the and like as i recall that's kind of back when they were doing the first marvel cartoons like back in the i mean like early 70s. late 60s early 70s yeah that were just basically like let's cut out a picture from a comic book and uh imply motion <laughs> uh because that i mean that's literally what they would do it would be like here's a picture jack kirby drew of black panther and oh look he's running toward you <laughs> like uh as I recall, that's actually how Loki sounded in those. He was he was very like, <laughs> and so regardless of who's played Loki, I mean, you know, yeah, now Loki is like everybody imagines like the Tom Hiddleston Loki of just like, yes, well, you know, I had to kill Odin or whatever. Yeah. My <clears throat> my my conception of Loki is still very much that like dick dastardly sort of like hey now i'll kill thor and then rule asgard <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. um god damn so <laughs> do what Duh. i don't yeah. yeah um but so odin's like okay not a big deal so he tra- he sends hermod to try and get balder and uh and Everybody else is freaking the fuck out. It's at this point that our boy Red, the cameraman, is just like, holy shit, look at Lady Sif. Mmm. Mmm. And, uh... And he tra- his he tra- are like, uh, yeah, that's true, but also chill it the fuck out, man. You got yeah. no shot. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Red shoots his shot. And he's just like, hey, baby, you know, uh... And she's just like, yeah... No, dude. Plus, we're all kind of dealing with some shit. Like, did you think now was the time? Even if you thought you stood a chance, which you don't. Right. This, not the time. Um, and, uh, and so this kind of sets off one of the major conflicts of this, which is not only, um... Which is not only all of the Ragnarok shit, but Red having a major hard-on for Sif. Um, Loki starts working his magic and he's just like, you know, 
she's all she's all wet for Thor, but um, you could have the same power. <laughs> and uh, Red's like, whatever. Like he doesn't really pay it a ton of attention right this second. Right. But the groundwork's being laid here. Um, and so, um, Thor disappears for a bit and like goes and sees Mimir, which we'll get into more of that in the next issue we talk about. Um, so Loki takes red and goes to Jotunheim and, uh, Red is like filming all of this and Loki's just like, now is the time for Ragnarok. And <laughs> I can't not do that voice for him at this point. Um, and. Um, oh, geez. The cat's litter box is like right over there. And I kept hearing this noise and it's the cat digging. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, I'll have to edit this out. Whatever. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but they don't really have a chance to because Thor shows up and he's just like base villains. Um, and, uh, so Loki, Loki's just like, all right, let's do this now, I guess. And so he calls forth the acts of his father, Ymir. And starts fighting Thor. And it is not going well for Thor. And Thor's like, what the fuck is going on? So Loki, being an idiot, reveals that uh, he has, long before this, he had set in place spells that would cause Thor to lose half his strength if he ever came back to Jotunheim. And that is what's now happening to him. So because he tells him this Thor is just like oh okay and so he summons his belt of strength um which is a real thing Thor had back in the Norse myths um so he puts it on at which point he proceeds to wreck Loki um and destroy the axe which is and destroy yeah he smashes the axe to pieces um and Excuse me. Uh, he. So as this is happening, Hermod comes back from hell and uh, Odin is like, what did you find out? And Hermod is like, what I found out is if we can get everything in creation to weep for the death of Balder, Hela will let him come back. And so everything does. We have rainstorms. We have like everything in creation weeps for Baldur's death with the exception of the giantess Thok. Um, because <laughs> her reaction is like, why the fuck should I weep for Baldur? What did he ever do for me? And so because of this one contrarian giantess, uh, which they say may or may not be Loki in disguise, though I I don't know how Loki is getting trashed over here with Thor and be but whatever it's Loki he can do all things I guess, um, because this Thok 
will not cry for Balder. Balder is not allowed to leave hell. So Odin's like, okay, all right. Crunch time. Let's do what we got to do. And so he gives up a huge chunk of the Odin force to keep, to put Balder into stasis, which will keep Balder from dying completely and thus stave off Ragnarok for as long as possible. Uh, so that brings us to Thor annual number seven, which is kind of a brief aside, uh, which has a cover by Walt Simonson and is penciled by Walt Simonson, inked by Ernie Chan, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by Tom Morzakowski, and edited by Roy Thomas and Jim Shooter. Uh, while, while Thor went and paid a visit to Mimir, this is what we find out happens during that time. Uh, Thor is like, hey, Mimir, I need some answers. And Mimir's like, why the fuck should I tell you anything? You're the son of Odin. And while my hatred is for Odin, it's strong enough to extend to you too, brah. Like, <laughs> you guys <laughs> clearly don't get it. I hate all of you. Yeah. All, all of you. You suck. I really don't yeah. like being a head on fire. It's, yeah. it blows. And also <laughs> you let me down before I became a head on fire. This sucks and I hate you. What do you want? How do I get yeah. you to go away? And yeah. he's like, I just want to know about how I can stave off Ragnarok. And Mimir does pretty much the same thing that Thor did on, in our first issue of Thor this week, which is tell a story that has nothing to do with what we're doing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The... Uh... The so he's like, oh right, you forgot, and Thor's like, I forgot what, and he's like, all right, so let's back this shit up a while, which is kind of the way that all stories within stories of Norse mythology go, which is like we're yeah. telling one story, but we're gonna tell you in that story we're gonna tell you another story that happened just forever ago, um. And you were young and headstrong, and you were fighting uh, the Olympians because you, Thor was trying to expand Asgard's realm, essentially, and the Olympians weren't having it. Uh, so they basically lost because of the other story we've read before, wherein uh, he discovers that you can't just start claiming realm. Because the people that are already there are actually being worshipped by others. Like, you can't just force people to worship you. Yeah, that's that's not how... It, like, once belief is in place, you can't just supplant it all that easily. Like, the best you can hope for is maybe belief starts to flag. Uh, and then maybe you can move in. Right. Uh, but Bruce the Ford idea behind this is just... You can't out-and-out out destroy belief when it's still going strong. Questionable, so, but whatever. Yeah, they lose, uh, and Thor's like, you know what, fuck this. And he goes off to Midgard to right. basically have, have himself a think because he lost. And uh, he's like, all right, so cool. So he goes up to this. 
where he is makes no sense to me throughout this story because he lands on Midgard atop a snowy mountain could be literally anywhere, right? And is first he meets uh Well the, this, I'll I'll tell you this is in the Andi uh the Andes. Right. That it has to be in the Andes um, because of what happens later. Like that I get. Yeah. It has to be in the Andes. Why are the these particular Eternals here, though? And, well, yeah, and it we we find out as time passes uh what you know they're they're out just doing eternal shit but it you know the uh the the pro the fundamental this is why i hate bringing the eternals into oh yeah uh the mainstream and marvel universe uh is because no sense it makes no sense that like there are the Olympian Eternals as well as the Olympians. And so there's Zeus and Zerus. And also, like, uh, they talk about, they talk at one point um, about the the Celestial in this week's reading. They talk about the Celestial being uh, down in, in Central or Southern America over in Eternals. And Thor's just like, What? And it's just like, how do you miss something like that? They're there's an eternal just there, gods. <laughs> and there's a bunch just wandering. Russia tried to nuke an Etern- a celestial. They tried to nuke a celestial. How is that not a big thing? Everyone should be paying attention to that. That's why I'm, as soon as he finds out, I'm like, yeah, it basically breaks everything and you're like, I don't, none of this works anymore. I understand that you kind of want to bring Eternals in here, but it actually works way better if you don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's... problem that everyone fucking struggles with is that if you acknowledge the existence of space gods that created humanity, right? Then everything's fucked. Right? Like, all of your other origins for A, humanity, and also the gods, and the fucking inhumans get screwed up, too. Like, because that means the Celestials came... Like, the only way that works, and I don't... I think you can break it, too, is the Celestials came to Primordial Earth. No, not even... uh, Slightly after Primordial Earth. Elevated the apes to the humans, the deviants, and the Eternals, and then left. In between the first and second host, sometime... No, it would have to be the second and third host at some point. The Kree showed up, did some shit to some humans, uh, and made them into the Inhumans, and then hid them, so that the Celestials didn't find them when they came back for the third third host, and when they destroyed... Blew everything out of existence... Also, like, they fucked the whole civilization, whole of civilization, except for the Inhumans, and then now they're coming back with a fourth host. It None of it works, guys. Also, it's difficult to ignore a 500-foot-tall space god wandering around in the ocean. Like, none of that a works. A bunch of them. Yeah, a bunch there's of, at least... There's... 
a seven bunch of, of celestials yeah. doing different shit all over the earth, and Thor's just like, what celestials? You said hmm. like one of them. <clears throat> one of them crushed a cruise. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and another one. Uh, you say dove to the bottom of the ocean and destroyed a previously unknown civilization. Hmm. Yep. But anyway, whatever. So Thor Thor heads to this mountain and he starts getting uh getting these weird uh thought pulses from whatever Damadran yeah. or whatever that had previously shown up in Eternals. And in in the course of that, he he's able to resist everything. Uh, so he then goes and tries to um, sway. He's like, you know what? Fuck the Greeks. Let's uh, let's try some other peoples. And so he's like, he heads down and he starts uh, trying to sway some of the. Um, some of the random indigenous tribes of uh, South America into uh, into uh, believing in him, which is when he meets the Eternals, and the Eternals are like, "Hey, knock it off!" And but they they there's some initial like uh, some initial issues uh, as he. He lays out Druig and Ajak, uh, but then Viraco and Valken are just like, hey, it's cool. Let's all have a chat. And so... <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are... Yeah, it's all like, okay, everybody fucking... First of all, Druig, you suck. You suck. <laughs> you suck. And yeah. Druig's like, I do suck. I hate <laughs> you all. I hate you so much. Uh, and... Ajax gets up, and then Vialco or Valken and damn it, Varaco, Varaco are like, okay, everybody chill. Clearly, you're very strong. Gotcha there. Uh, what's your deal? Who are you? Where'd you come from? And he's like, I'm from Asgard. I was fighting some Olympians, and they're like, none of that. Well, the Olympian thing. Are you tie? Are you an Olympian eternal that we didn't know about? Because they're not Olympian Eternals. They are Northern Eternals from the Russia. North. Russia. Russian North. And they're like, well, I guess maybe. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't know what any of that means either. So now we're basically, everybody's like, who are you? What are you? Okay. Yeah. And, and Thor, the, the, the <laughs> Eternals are basically like, okay, so the thing you were trying to do after Thor sort of explains what he was doing that's not gonna happen and thor's like please he's like no we have plans for these these people we're gonna use them for other reasons you yeah you don't get to do that and he's like fine can i at least hang out and they're like sure i don't give a shit yeah i mean he's he's like i don't really want to go home yet i have some shit to work out is it cool with i if i chill with you and see what you're doing and they're like yeah okay yeah, so they cause, go because we've never heard go, of any of this. Yeah, yeah. So they go on this little magical mystery tour of South Central and uh, Southern North America, and uh, 
you know, during this, we leave Ajax behind. So he's where he needs to be when, when Eternals starts and blah, blah, blah. And in the course of this, they kind of explain, like, what the Eternals are, what the Celestials are about, the various hosts, how humanity came to be. And Thor's like, well, that's weird, because I thought we created humanity. The Olympians think they created humanity. Like, who's right? And they're just like, we don't know. And it's just like, who the fuck cares? Okay, moving on. And while he had told Druig, Druig finds out about where the Dramadan is. And he's like... Yeah. I'm evil, or at least a prick. I'm going to go figure out how to harness the power of the Dramadan for for the use of the Eternals, which means I'll be big shit and my dad will love me. Um, he won't. No. no. You suck. It's, Your it's dad never, never going to uh, happen. Uh, Just so they get go, over it, Druig. <laughs> after they left, so they left, uh, they left Ajax, they go and elevate... I think the Incans are next, and, or they did the, the Incan, the Maya, and somebody else. It's the Inca, the Maya, and the Aztecs. Like, that's, that's basically what it comes down to. Right. Is they visit each of those empires, pre-empire, and start teaching them how to do shit. But in returning back, because I think it's, I think it's the Incas that were in South America. Um, returning back to South America, uh, they find, which is, they started there when, uh, when, yeah, it was the Inca that were down South. Um, when they started out, they'd happened across Thor and they hadn't done anything with the Inca yet. Yeah. So they went up, they dealt with the Aztecs and the Maya. And then they were coming back to do the same thing with the Inca, but they found them already pretty well elevated. And they're like, what the fuck? Uh, it turns out Dramadan, Dramadan uh, is now running loose and has them building shit. And Druig had attempted to put this helmet on Dramadan, which would allow him to control him. However, he woke him up too soon. And before he was fully under control, Dramadan... Uh, mind whammied him. Uh, so Dramadan is now wrecking shit. So what this amounts to is there is a huge contest between the Eternals and Thor versus Dramadan and uh, what's his name? Ty Tutanax. Um, and Tutanax in the middle of this disappears. And that's when he shows up over in Eternals which we read weeks ago and then like dies. Oh, shit. Um, I've totally forgotten about that. All right. Yeah. He disappears and that's yeah. where he goes because of that whole like drawing shit from random points in right. history. Um, and during, during this fight, various things happen that wind up resulting in the various uh, mythologies of the Inca. And, uh, what Varako winds up sacrificing himself by pumping himself full of radiation and then flying into the gullet of this, um, insatiable of this worm. Yeah. insatiable devouring worm. 
uh, because Dromedan had prepared the worm to be able to handle any type of earthly energy. However, since nobody had utilized the atom yet, uh, except for the Eternals, they were able to use an energy he wasn't prepared for, atomic energy, and thus destroy it. So, Baraka winds up destroy, uh, destroying himself in the process. Uh, they are able to defeat Dramadan, at which point he is sealed back up. Um, and then, uh, at the end of this, Valken winds up erasing Thor's memories of all of this. Um... Because reasons. So, at the end of this, Thor's like, oh my god, what an asshole. Why? Okay, I remember now. Um, and so, yeah, that's when he then goes and confronts Loki over in Jotunheim. <clears throat> Fun little aside, whatever. Fucking Eternals. Um, Thor... Number 276 has a cover by John Buscema, Joe Sinnott, and Gaspar Saladino, and is penciled by John Buscema, inked by Tom Palmer, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Roy Thomas. Um, so, Loki is now, having defeated Loki, Thor is like, I've got shit to do. Here, Red, hold on to my belt of strength. Um... Which winds up being a huge mistake. Um, Red is just like, man, like if I if I had if I had Thor's strength, Sif would love me. Not realizing that the reason Sif loves Thor is not because he's a beefcake, but also because he is he has a pure heart and he's humble and blah blah blah. Happens to be Thor. Every everything that makes Marvel's Thor. Uh, likable is what Sif loves about Thor. Like the muscles don't hurt, no. but like she loves him for him, not just because of his rock hard abs. So Loki's just like, well, you know, that belt of strength could give you the strength of Thor. Just throwing that out there. And so Red's like, cool and goes to put it on and Loki's like no you idiot it's not that simple <laughs> it's very um, and you didn't let me finish because uh, yeah. you can't just put it on in here you have to go to Thor's house and Thor and Red's like well where the hell is that just just fucking okay I have to do everything for you idiot just stand there and he teleports him to Thor's house he's like okay but also when you get in there oh no he teleports in there Red puts on the belt, and it, and it doesn't try to electrocute him this time. And uh, he also like, has to put on gloves. The gloves and are step in into the, the fire. fires. Well, the gloves uh, are in the fire, so he has yeah. to go into the fire, get the gloves, and put them on. And he's like, "No, nah, I ain't doing that, bro. F I was I was all on board until you were like walk into fire." And he's like, "It will not hurt you. I t I, t I promise." And he's like, "Okay." Yeah. So he wanders into the fire, puts on the gloves, gets in. So now he's got the gloves and the belt. Should be as strong as Thor, but something else happens. And he becomes Thor. But more like yeah, yeah. Thor. So, yeah, the, the, the version of Thor as it exists in 
Norse mythology. A has the the belt of strength, but also is a big redheaded bearded dude. So and also um kind sorry. of a dick. Well, I Not think like... this is just I think this is just I mean, yeah, Thor in Norse mythology is kind of a dick. Like yeah. and that's why that's why I kind of like what because old school Thor as he appears in like flashbacks is also a dick. Yeah. Um as he was in Norse mythology. Yeah, like yeah, he's he's one of the quote unquote good guys, but he's he's really like convinced of his own superiority and you know yeah and that's how thor was prior to getting sent to earth and made donald blake and blah 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 um thor as he exists now in the marvel universe is not that and i like and i love that about him is that you know he he's mellowed out a lot and i dig that but anyway so it's why it's so fun when he and Hercules get to be meathead bros. Yeah. It's because it's like, this is not who you usually are, but you're kind of letting your hair down. Right. And like you get to be a meathead bro with your meathead. But bro. he also gets to act as sort of a calming influence <laughs> on Hercules. Cause Hercules is just like, let's fight and fuck. And <laughs> Thor's like, okay. Uh, but then like Hercules starts to go too far, far. And Thor's just like, well, bro, let's, uh, Let's die. Okay. I'm down for a good time. I'm Norse. I'm down for a good time. I love me mead. I love me women. Like, I'm down for all of that. But uh, you're kind of taking it too far. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, so Red becomes Thor in, every, in everything but hammerness. So uh, while this is going on, they start having a trial for Loki and Loki's like, yeah, I fucking did it. But also I'm playing out the part I'm supposed to play out based on Odin's own rules. Like, how can you hold this against me? I'm just a guy doing what I'm supposed to do. And they're just like, yeah, but also you suck. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, so as this is going on, that's when Red Thor shows up and uh, challenges Thor to battle. They fight, during which Red takes Mjolnir away from Thor. And the reason Red is able to lift Thor is because of these gloves that uh, he is wearing. So he's like, ha-ha! And he beats the shit out of Thor... Uh, and is about to kill him when Joey, the sound guy, is like, Red, no, this isn't you, and jumps in the way, and Red murders him. Uh, and Red's like, shit, I didn't mean to do that. I was just trying to kill this asshole. And he's like, whatever. So he tells, uh, he tells Sif, look, you come with me, or I'm going to destroy this shield protecting Balder. And Ragnarok, Ragnarok's going to come now. At which point, she's just like, well, okay, fine. I'll go with you. So that brings us to Thor number 277, which has a cover by John Buscema and Bob McLeod uh, and is edited by Roy Thomas, Jim Shooter, and Mark Grunewald. So, <laughs> um, 
Loki is delighting in everything that's happened. Um, and it is... Thor has survived, and everybody's happy he's survived, obviously, with the exception of Loki. But Loki's like, whatever, we're going to fight anyway at Ragnarok. Ha ha! Um, but so Loki tries to escape. It does not work out for him, at which point they're just like, uh, they take him, stake him to the ground beneath a snake. And again, this is from Norse mythology. Roy Thomas really did his homework on this. Yeah. Uh, Loki is staked to the ground beneath a snake that just keeps dripping acid into his face that burns his face. It's at this point that Loki's wife, uh, Sigyn, uh, intercedes and she's like, please, please let me, let me offer some comfort to my husband. I know he's done wrong and he and I bear the shame of that, but he's also my husband. Let me do something. So Frigga steps in on her behalf with Thor and says, please, husband, let her. Thor, or Odin gives a little nod. And uh, so Sigyn goes down with a plate, catches a bunch of the acid, the venom that the serpent is releasing, tosses it aside. While she's doing that, uh some hits his face which causes him to flip out and yeah again from Norse mythology but uh, as this is going on Hela and the forces of darkness are gathering outside Asgard and they're like whatever we're not waiting for Loki let's do this fucking thing so uh, as that is going on Red and Sif arrive in uh Alfheim red starts to set himself as the, himself up as the new uh, the new ruler of Alfheim by knocking some elves around I love uh, these elves they're like oh we are the Los Alfar uh we we this is our Alfheim we 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 live here and he's like cool you work for me now and they're like, but we're just nice elves. We just wanted to come say hi. We don't really want to be, no, yeah, this is mine now. And they're like, no, no. And he's like, he just knocks them around. And she's like, don't be a dick. Will you? Well, and I, I like, I like the elves in this because later on, the elves in Alfheim are, are portrayed more as like elves from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. At this point in time, they're treated, they're portrayed as like Keebler elves. And so it's hilarious because he comes in and he's, he's like this big dude with a giant hammer. And they're just like, hi, welcome. All are welcome in Alfheim. Uh, so long as you've got a sunny disposition. And he's just like hammer to the face. <laughs> cool. Mine now. And they're just like, hey, that was mean. And he's like, I'm in charge now. And they're like, oh. Alright, whatever. Um, I, I, yeah, I like the idea that in Alfheim, like, they don't really have a system like that of, like, control set up. So, like, if he just wanted to have anything, he could have it. Right? Yeah. Like, they don't really give a shit. They're all happy and great. And he's like, no, I must have dominance. 
it's 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 very it's like the year it's like europeans arriving in in north america north and south america and they're just like oh you have no system of ownership you say huh Hmm. interesting i wonder what my hammer has to say about that (laughs) so honestly this is a lot more straightforward than what the europeans of early a early colonialism did oh yeah there's no treaties to break here he's (laughs) just like hammer to face uh but yeah it's it's very much just like uh hey you're, you can come here, it's fine. Whatever, we'll make room for you and teach you how to survive on the land. And he's just like, cool. I run things now. And they're like, well, that's not really how it works. And it's just like, Hammer? What's that? Hammer says it is. And they're just like, well, shit. <laughs> but, so... Uh, so... It's at this point that he's just like, yeah, this is pretty great. I don't know how I wound up being being Thor, but it's pretty cool. And she's like, well, I think I know. And what we what we find out from Sif uh, is that Odin was worried that at some point Asgard would need Thor and Thor would be off doing something else. So he set up a failsafe. Uh And basically, so he'd had Thor walk through these flames, and in doing so, a double of him was created that would then be grafted onto any mortal or god who passed through the flames so that they could become Thor and defend Asgard in its moment of need, should the actual Thor not be around. Well, and the other idea was if Thor for some reason, loses some strength or power, then we could just send Thor through it, and he just is right. more Thor, right? Like, yeah. Thor squared. <coughs> Either and, way, Asgard is protected. Right. Um, And so Red's like, cool, cool. Well, I showed that prissy little, you know, and she's well, like, and now hold on. He's like, that... Uh, Seems like a bad plan, doesn't it? And she's like, I will admit the all... F- I like that I will admit the All-Father's security clearly needs some, uh... Beefing up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shouldn't just lay things like... Leave things like that laying around. Um, he but goes I, to... S- sorry. No, go for it. I was just gonna say that ultimately, I the thing I really like about all of this is that Sif, Sif, in the course of these interactions, finally gets across to Red that he can have the power of Thor. He can set himself up as the ruler of Alfheim or whatever. He can force her to be there, but he will never force her to love him. And, uh, and so... I really like this uh, because, you know, it's a you you kind of you kind of have certain expectations of Norse based characters based characters, and a lot of those are based in stereotype and myth, uh, and are not necessarily accurate to who they were in actuality. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes of Vikings that are not true. 
Right. These are coming from the people. A lot of these are coming from the people that had run-ins with Vikings that are just like, those guys are fucking dicks. Um, and so, you know, I, it's a, it's a surprisingly, uh, progressive view on consent from <laughs> a Norse goddess. Um, but she, so red falls asleep at one point and she, very carefully starts trying to take the the belt of strength off of him but he winds up waking up and he's just like well clearly i just can't ever leave you alone uh and so yeah and at so, that point the 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 nine realms themselves are shook when something happens and he's like i wonder what the hell that was we cut back to asgard real quick to find out that it's starting like yeah uh the the shield around balder is beginning to fail and the war between the trolls and hella and the asgardians is beginning that was right so yeah so this leads to our final issue of this story arc um because we do have one more issue of Thor, but it is unrelated. Um, Thor number 278 is inked by Chick Stone. And so shit is going down. Um, and so the the short version of this is um, the, the forces of evil uh bash their way into asgard heimdall has fallen um and asgard is under siege from hella and her forces and loki appears there and they're like don't know how you got out but we're gonna smash you anyway um but uh so thor who is without Mjolnir, is forced to just take up a regular ass sword which it's weird that in Asgard there even is such a thing as a regular ass sword. Like, I feel like every the my I recognize that Mjolnir is special even within Asgard, right. but it still feels like there shouldn't just be like a steel sword. Like everything should be special in some way. Like well, this, and it, it should it, be. I mean, Loki's got an unending arsenal of special weapons right because yeah the previous was his father's fucking this axe which or his yeah his father's axe that is a goddamn giant axe like it just comes imbued with fucking weird and this is he's pulled out the actual sword of surter and it's like which uh is also bad right we don't yeah in the gaming version it's that that gets plunged in the heart of Asgard that ends up destroying right. it. Um, but, um, and it's actually Surtur himself that does it. Right. Uh, Surtur is not a, in, in Marvel residence in, in this version of Ragnarok for whatever reason. Yeah. Surtur's sword is there, but Surtur himself is not, even though, even within Marvel's Thor it's generally assumed that Surtur's going to be there. Um, but he doesn't make an appearance. Um, so they do their fight as they're supposed to. And, like, I say that because I'm setting it up for later. 
Loki and Thor do a fight. Uh, the bridge thereon collapses and Loki is uh, gone. But they did a fight. Then the worm comes, or the Midgard s- servant. The serpent, serpent comes. Uh, Jormungandr. Thor and Jormungandr fight as well. Thor is getting his ass handed to him because he's supposed to. And right. uh, everybody tries to come help him when, out of nowhere, Sif and Red show up because Redhead used some sort of Thor magic to show Sif what was going on in Asgard. She got through to him eventually and was like, we really got to go back. And right. he's like, Ugh, fine. So they go back and he's a big old dick about it. And is like, clearly this Thor sucks. I have the hammer. Let's go. And he uh, starts wailing on the Midgard serpent. Um, and at that point he's like, Thor pulls himself out of some rubble and is like, dude you suck at that hammer give it back and he's like all right you're right i do kind of suck at this hammer thing i still have all the strength though and he throws the hammer back to thor and then red gets to work just punching the shit out of the serpent right uh the serpent then dives underground taking red with it um and they're just like oh shit (laughs) um (laughs) but it's a it's at that point that everybody is sort of teleported out of Asgard and everybody's like, what the fuck? And they look and like Asgard is in the background, uh, but they're just on a field. And so and there the, the troll- battle continues. And at that point, like Thor and some of the warriors three are like, this has to be Hela or Loki, one of the two. And yeah. then we cut to one of the trolls and the trolls are like, what fucking happened, mom? <laughs> and uh, so clearly nobody here has any idea what's going on. Right. Okay. So um, in at that point, the Midgard serpent reappears out of the ground. Um, and Red is nowhere to be found. But the Midgard Serpent has been severely weakened by fighting with two Thors. And so Thor, proper Thor, starts wailing on it again with the hammer and is able to drive it away. At this point, Hela and all the trolls are just like, shit, maybe it's not today. Uh, curse you, we'll be back. Bye. <laughs> um, and take off. Um, they find the body of red, uh, and they, they all come back to Asgard and everybody, everybody's kind of confused, uh, because they're just like, what, what the fuck happened? That was supposed to be Ragnarok. And it turns out that Odin had had something of a plan to try and fool his way out of Ragnarok. Because since Ragnarok is technically the word of Odin, even Odin can't undo it. Uh, but by by setting up all of these circumstances that echo the prophecies surrounding Ragnarok, he's hoping to um, kind of find a loophole to Ragnarok uh, and 
So that's why all the stuff with Red. That's why Loki appeared there, even though Loki was still staked out with uh, with the snake and stuff like that. So at this point, the the field of Odin force that is surrounding Balder fla flares back to full power, whereas before it was kind of sputtering, uh, and um and the uh everybody's just like whoo thank god dodged a bullet at the end of this thor is like okay well i'm glad everything's resolved time for me to head back to midgard and odin's like no no, no. you have spent entirely too much time away from asgard i get that you like spending time on Midgard but this is your home this is where you belong you are not to leave and Thor's like fuck you old man and Odin's like fine you walk out that door you are never coming back you are barred from Asgard forever and Thor's like well I guess so and he goes over and he's like Sif baby come back to Midgard with me and she's like uh well I love you but it's Asgard and he's like, but you're also part Joe, Jane Foster. Don't you want to be back on Midgard? And she's like, Midgard's cool and all, but it's Asgard. And so Thor's like, okay, that's fine. It'll just be me, whatever. And like leaves and everybody's just like, sorry to see you go. Uh, which brings us to our last issue of Thor, which is number 279. Uh, has a cover by Dave Cockrum, Joe Sinnott, Irving Watanabe, and is written by Don Glutt, penciled by Alan Copperberg, Copper, Copperberg and uh, inked by Pablo Marcos. This one is a bit of a fill-in issue. Yeah. Because uh, Thor arrives back on Earth, and he's just like, man, sucks that I'll never get to go home. And then he starts randomly reminiscing about a time I really Where? both everybody's reaction to Thor being exiled from Asgard, both in this issue and the previous one, is essentially, yeah, but we're a, we live forever, so uh, you're gonna let me back in. Like I yeah. know that's this is gonna turn itself around. We're both just pissed at each other right now because we yeah. do this, we do this once every other year where I am exiled, exiled and yeah. I'm yeah. not allowed. I could go to any of the other nine realms, but I'm not allowed to go to Asgard or the, any of the other eight realms, but not Asgard. Okay, fine. You're going to let me back in. I'm going to even Sif is like, it's just going to be a while. We'll see each other. It's fine. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I love you. Just don't, you know, try around. We'll be fine. And he's like, okay, cool. Didn't plan on it. But he sees some people that he's like, oh no, that's James Foster, Jane Foster. And, uh, Dr. Kincaid? No, it can't be. They're both dead. Well, Jane is technically in Sif. Sif and Jane are, in, are one. Now, it's weird. And he just starts thinking about it. Yeah. Which makes him remember a story. Yeah, he remembers a time where Jane Foster feels a pull to come out to the city limits. And Thor feels the same like 
Donald Blake is in his office and the his walking stick starts pulsing, which leads him out there. So he see he arrives just in time to see Jane Foster swallowed by the earth. He proceeds to bear, burrow his way underground, discovers that she was abducted by Pluto. Um, Pluto is out to get revenge on Thor, and while it has been decreed that he may not harm Thor, he, nothing says that he can't call in a ringer. So he and Loki work together to bring Ulick to Hades, uh, and Pluto's like, sick him, Ulick. Ulick and Thor fight. Um, well, Ulick initially is just like, what am I doing here? Fuck Thor. I'm going to kick your ass. And yeah. Thor's like, uh, okay. So he, he's like, and that, and at that point, that's when, um, Pluto's like, look, here's the deal. Either you beat him and, or he beats you. Or if nobody beats anybody, I'm dropping Jane in this lava. And Thor's like, whoever Ugh. loses, whoever loses, though, will remain in Hades forever. And it's at this point that Ugalik is like, whoa, wait, wait, you bring me here against my will and then make me fight. And if I lose, I I'm just in hell. Fuck you. And so he goes after Pluto. Pluto's like, oh, no, <laughs> my petard. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a minute to figure out what you did. And I'm like, what did you? Oh, petard. Okay. Uh, and uh, so uh, Thor's like, ugh. <laughs> Pluto's Pluto's uh, attention is diverted away by Ulick, which means that the, the chains made out of flame that are holding Jane begin to disappear. Thor catches Jane and then goes and pulls Ulick off of Pluto. And Pluto's just like, uh, fine. And so he teleports Ulick back to Asgard right into Loki's lap. And uh, uh, Ulick is just like, oh, it's the other asshole. And Loki's like, oh, no. And, uh, and uh, Pluto's like, you can go back to Earth. Yeah. So, uh, the end Jane... is very Hanna Barbera y to me, where it's just like, oh no, oh no, like very everybody's yeah. everybody gets some Ulick this, yes, this, this, epi <laughs> this issue. And uh, at that point, yeah, Pluto's like, well, you did save my life, even though I was definitely gonna kill you or the woman you love. I guess I'll let you go back to Earth. So he teleports them back to Earth, they show up and immediately jane's like oh no why are you here thor and thor's like oh pluto must have wiped her memory uh no wonder no wonder jane has brain cancer because <laughs> <laughs> she gets yeah. her fucking her head is swiss cheese uh yeah it's it's does she get it's brain like have you ever watched or is it uh, breast cancer i i think she had breast cancer okay um the thing I have you ever watched Gravity Falls? 
No, I haven't. It's one of those that I keep meaning to put on the list. You need to. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's a there's a uh, there's a uh, a um, character on there who's like a hillbilly type um, named Fiddleford McGucket. Um, but it turns out that in the past he'd been like this brilliant scientist, but he developed a, a ray that could erase memories you didn't want. And he used it on himself so often that he basically made himself like dumb and, uh, kind of insane. And so like... I, it's genuinely surprising that Jane Foster hasn't wound up just completely out to lunch, yeah. given how often her memory has been erased. Um, I would love to see a version of Jane Foster that's like Fiddleford McGucket, and she's <laughs> just like, well, shit, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, she just, she forgets, and... Uh, that's where we leave Thor. I kind of wish we'd broken off before this because everything up to this was really good. And then this issue was just kind of like, meh. Yeah, uh, this issue is very much a... Um, I, I We need a placeholder because I don't know what we're doing now. <laughs> I oops myself I, into not having the story going forward. Um, well, or, or they're trying to figure it things are behind so they're just like we had this issue laying around yeah it was from a while ago uh i had a story but idea, whatever but it was from like 1967 and we kind of moved past this kind of story in thor and uh also anytime he digs his way into the underworld or ulix it's we've done that so many times so we weren't really going to use it but i don't know what we're doing next month anyway so here you go. Yeah. Sandwich it between some I, reflective shit and uh, let's get it out the door. I, uh, I, I do like that Pluto. Do you remember, did you ever see that tweet somebody posted that was like, I never thought the leopard would eat my face. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, it's face eating leopard, par- face eating leopard party member. Well, it was, it was, I never thought the it was, I never, eat. I never thought the leopard would eat my face says woman who voted for the leopards <laughs> eating faces party. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the energy that Pluto and Loki have with this and Ulick is the leopard. Um, <laughs> no, Ulick actually is the, I actually like Ulick in this. He's normally annoying and like whatever. He's, he's a big dumb guy that Thor fights, right? Or he's an impediment for like a couple of pages. Um, and there's no reasoning with him and all of that. But like, I actually like Ulick in this, in this instance because the two of, you know, Loki and uh, Pluto are scheming. And as soon as Ulick finds out about it, he's just like, hey, wait, fuck you. I get to yeah. be my own. I'll kill Thor when I damn well please. You don't get to just arrange it for me. Where's the fun yeah. in that? And I'm not a pawn. You're a pawn. Fuck you. And yeah. goes. And they're just both like, oh no, whoopsie daisy. Yep. Uh. So yeah. 
All right, so that brings us to the last couple issues this week, which are Spider-Woman, uh, beginning with Spider-Woman number three, which has a cover by Dave Cockrum and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Carmine Infantino, inked by Tony DeZuniga, colored by Michelle Wolfman, lettered by Joe Genovese, and edited by Marv Wolfman. Um, a bunch of stuff is happening all at the same time. You have these... To, you have these assholes uh, named the Brothers Grimm. Uh, and they only ever appear one at a time in these issues. Uh, but there's two of them. And they go from like coldly calculating to just raving lunacy. Um one tries to rob a production of Hansel and Gretel, but then he's just like, no, wait, never mind. Bye. And then, uh, and then a brother Grimm appears at the home of this congressman, James T. Wyatt, where they're just like, hey, uh, I have incriminating photos of you. Give me $50,000. And he's like, well, I don't have fifty thousand dollars just sitting around the house and so the brother teleports him to a to the bank vault and he's just like give me fifty thousand dollars and the congressman's like here fine and the then then the brother grim just disappears and leaves him in the vault yeah um while this is going on jessica drew and the dude she met last time magnus uh show up in Los Angeles and Jessica is looking for a place to live. And Magnus is like, I know a place. And she's like, then why have I been going through all of this? And he's like, I'm mysterious. And so they go in and they're introduced to Priscilla Dolly. Um, who's who has one of those dolls all over the place. Weird ladies from the seventies. Who's got all these porcelain dolls laying around her house. And you just, you hate to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it, terrible. It really, it really is quite sad, quite sad, I say, with my shelves of action figures. Um, <laughs> and so, um, the, uh, you find out she has two sons. Um, we don't meet them just yet, but... Magnus goes up to the room and then Jessica climbs out up the side uh, and meets him in there. And he's like, okay, so your dad, uh, let's talk about that. Well, and then right before we get that, she's like, why am I? Cause Magnus tells Miss, Mrs. Dolly that sh Jessica is his niece and that she'll be along eventually. And yeah. that's why she climbs in the window and is like, why am I your niece? None of this makes sense. And he's like, look, I just, our relationship is difficult to explain. It's just easier if you're my niece. And they're like, she's yeah. like, none of this makes sense. I hate the world. Uh, Cause it's dumb. And we're yeah. still very much in the, this Jessica drew is extremely naive about how Which things is understandable. I mean, I, I don't blame her no. for that. She's led a very sheltered existence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's like, so about my dad. And he's like, yeah, about that. And he takes her to his grave. 
And yeah, how about that? He's dead. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, he's recent, too. Uh, what? Yeah. Like, he just died yeah. uh, two months before. And, she's, and we get a moment where Jessica is like, stop playing with me. Everybody is fucking with me all the time. Stop it. And he's like, whoa, I'm not, I did not keep this from you because I'm trying to mess with you or anything else. Uh, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm just trying to keep you safe and I'm trying to help you. The fact that I kept it from you was not malicious. I just, I, it's a really hard thing to break to you. And also, um, I thought you might want to find his killer. And she's like, he yeah. was fucking murdered? God damn it, dude. <laughs> Tell me anything. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And he's like, okay, what you want to do to start this is go to the police headquarters and find the case files. Okay. So she goes out. And as she's on her way there, she's thinking to herself things like, do I even want to know this? Like... Why am I doing this? I feel... <sighs> so she breaks into the police station, uh, finds the case files, finds the name of the detective that was running the case, and uh, also, while she's there, she overhears the interview between some of the detectives and Congressman Wyatt, who is, I guess, still reporting the break-in. Yeah. Um, they basically have nothing for him. She sneaks out with the information she wants. And pretty much the only thing she finds is that he, her father had been working at a place called Pyrotechnics. Um, which is the and same that he was somehow involved with Wyatt. Yeah. Right. So uh, there's goes, some crap with Jacob and William, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? These issues, like, they have so much, so much weird it's like things just kind of happen and you're, you're just kind of left with, Oh, okay. Like, all right, that, that's a thing that occurred. Um, and may, you know, maybe it'll pay off or maybe it won't. We'll see. Um, and, uh, Jacob and William fight. Priscilla breaks it up. Uh, Jessica goes out as spider woman and goes and has a talk with Congressman Wyatt. Uh, he pulls a gun on her. She shoots him with a venom blast. Uh, Brother Grimm shows up. They have a fight. Wyatt calls the police. Um, Brother Grimm gets knocked out by Spider-Woman, and she's like, the police are here, bye. Uh... Brother Grimm is apprehended by the police um, and Jessica is like, well, shit, I guess I'll have to check out Pyrotechnics Incorporated. Um, as she's on her way back home, she's attacked by Brother Grimm again um, and he's acting differently than the way, way he was before. Uh they have a little back and forth at which excuse me at which point brother Grimm escapes and he's just like stay out of my shit uh 
and she heads home and finds out from a from a radio bulletin that Brother Grimm was broken out of jail. And she's like, wait a minute, Brother Grimm broke out of jail at six o'clock. I fought him at five. What the fuck is going on? That brings us to Spider-Woman number four, which has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Bob Wachek, uh, colored by Mary Titus and lettered by Joe Rosen. Um, in this one, we get a whole bunch of additional shit wherein brother the Brothers Grimm are, like, muscling in on the diamond racket in... Uh, in LA, in LA. And so there's all this shit going on. Meanwhile, the hangman shows up and the hangman had shown up in werewolf by night. Number 11, an issue we didn't read. Um, the hangman's deal is basically, he's like a newspaced version of the punisher. Yeah. Uh, he carries around a scythe and a noose and he hangs people that do crimes and, you know, there's no way that will never be, there's no way that will ever be confused for a hate crime, buddy. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, so we've got all this shit with uh, the Hangman, Brother Grimm and Spider-Woman as all that is going on. It, when we get a we get a meal where it's like Priscilla Dolly, her two sons, William and um fuck what's his name i just spaced uh, jake jake jacob is jake. it jacob yes it is jake okay william and jake uh and then magnus and jessica drew and jessica's like somebody murdered my dad and jake and william are being shady gee i wonder what that could mean and uh i love the fact oh and we've so, first thing that happens is Jessica comes down the stairs as, as Miss Dolly is like, I still haven't met your niece. And she comes downstairs and she's like, Miss Dolly's just like, or Mrs. Dolly's just like, I don't fucking like you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's just coming out her face. And Magnus does something where he grabs Mrs. Dolly's chin and like changes her mind. And she's like, oh no, she is sweet. I love her. Oh. And the two guys come in and has the opposite effect she has the opposite effect on them which is just basically like i would like to woo you you are amazing um yeah and okay but they're acting shady we find out that her dad boarded with them before he died before he died uh also that he they find out that he was murdered william and jake started acting weird Justin's falling, JR's falling asleep. Uh, and it's all convoluted and sh strange. William pieces out from dinner. So does Jessica. Um, we cut to the congressman whose wife is apparently a gold digger, I guess. Yeah, I don't care. No. Like, I don't, uh, I don't give a shit. Like, I hope to God this has something to do with like everything because so the congressman is a counterfeiter. Brother Grimm comes after the congressman again because the money he gave him was counterfeit. And now it's a hundred thousand dollars and who gives a shit? Just, I don't, 
I don't care. Like, can we please get to something resembling a point? But we still are just fucking around with the hangman and all this other shit. And While so, we're doing all this other dumb, the guy from England, I think, Jerry Hunt shows yeah, up and the meets, shield agent meets Bill Foster and Foster's like, yeah, yeah, I got you set up. Let's go get some Mexican. Uh, no, I've never seen this superhero and I would know I'm Goliath. Uh, he doesn't say that, but he's like, I know I would know that because I, you know, I'm Tony Stark's guy in L.A. Um, meanwhile, Jessica goes off to pyrotechnics following William. William ducks her and she ends up in a wind tunnel that is going to chew her up she escapes um and that's when brother grim arrives they fight some more the place gets put lit on fire william's like lady we gotta get out of here uh because if that's the lab i think it is this whole place is gonna just ignite um hangman shows up grabs jessica and is extremely misogynistic about how she's frail and weak and needs protected uh, so he hog ties her and drags her out of the lab before it explodes. Yeah. Jake disappeared in all of this. Or William, one of the two. Um, it was William. William already ran. That's the, the idea. Okay, so he already got out. Uh, but this brother Grimm is supposedly dead in the fire. And I'm sure that if I'd been paying attention to the crack on the mask, I would know which one was which by now. So, but, but who have, gives a shit? I have it because I don't care because the villain sucks. Hangman sucks. Jessica's cool. And I just wish this could be her book. Right? Like we're doing yeah. all this other crap and she's got interesting stuff going on. Let her be the book. Um, yeah. Ostensibly her name is on the title or on the front. Why can't we... Agreed. Stop setting I, stop setting superhero teams in LA. It never works. I don't know why it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Chicago worked because of the pride. Duh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Chicago works. Oh, right. Sorry, I missed you. But like, it never works. Chicago actually worked for a little I, bit. I I feel like I have why. to. You I should. feel like I have to explain. I am not. I am not saying that superheroes don't work because of pride like i don't i don't think that superheroes get out to la and they're just like who are all these gay people and leave <laughs> i'm referring to runaways the pride. uh wherein there is a group called the pride who run los angeles and ostensibly it is because of them that L.A. does not have a real superhero presence to amount to anything. And it's because the Pride runs shit. Yeah. So, But they're also the best supervillains ever because they manage to keep their shit quiet. Right? Yeah. Like, nobody has ever coming up. It's like, there's just crime. Just do regular ass crime. What the fuck is wrong with you? The minute you start doing super crime, then the superheroes show up. Just yeah. run run drugs, do some trafficking. Like, what are you guys doing? 
kill yeah. a girl it's for her soul every once in a while. Yeah, sure. But, like, you don't have to do all this other super crime. Yeah. Sacrifice <laughs> a woman to Millhouse occasionally, and everything will be fine. Right. I feel like that requires an explanation, too, but I don't care. I'm not going to do it. Go read Runaways. It's good. Go read Runaways. Like, what do you... What do you if you don't know don't what make we're ta- me explain the whole thing to you. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about. There's a about. dinosaur. It's rad. <laughs> Their parents anyway. suck. Okay. Uh... But yeah, these, these two issues, I just, I wound up feeling angry because I'm just like, you're making things so convoluted. I know, I know what the deal is with the Brothers Grimm. And even so, I don't care. I don't know what the deal is with the Brothers Grimm. I've never read them before, and I still don't care. Until you said it, I was like, he's, a, he's got mental health problems, right? And that's like his whole deal, is he's just kind of a broken dude. And uh, no, it turns, then you say they're two people, and I'm like, oh, I, I still don't give a shit, so. Yeah, yeah, so... Anyway, um, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's top five. I resisted the urge to put Batrock the Leaper at number five. <laughs> uh, so instead, Jane Foster's Poor Poor Brain <laughs> is number five because I just, I don't know why it struck me in the moment. I didn't, it didn't permeate when I was reading it last night, but when I... When we were going through it again, I was like, damn, that happens to her a lot. Uh, yeah. Number four. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Whose fault is humanity? Because I thought I thought that was on us. No, it's you? Or it's the space gods? Or the... Lip- who, who made this mess? I just love yeah. the fact that, like, all four parties are like, oh, no, it was us. And it's like, no, nobody knows how this happened. It just did. Uh, for a bunch of like con, they're just a bunch of conflicting concrete ways that humanity was made. Um, yeah. Number three is oh celestials, you say? What what mean you of these giant space gods? What are wandering around the face of the earth unimpeded by nuclear weapons? Uh, it's a thing you should have heard about Thor. Just. That's why this doesn't work, because um, it makes One everybody of many look, reasons. It doesn't. It just makes everybody look stupid. Um, and I and I'm sorry. You may not. I understand that news of the nuke attempted nuking of a celestial may not have made it past the Iron Curtain, but like even if that were the case, the idea that nobody else knows that there's just these giant space gods off doing shit all over earth what one of them was in miami knocking cruises over like yeah we iron man gets alerted about that right like yeah the avengers get told and then they go that happened before their security clearance was revoked god damn it exactly and then since they never get to learn anything, they would go try to fight it. Yep. Um, anyway. Uh, so, number two, Thor takes an issue to do a humble brag. I'm really cool. 
And, uh, thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I learned a lesson. Not from that. I don't know. I learned a different lesson. I'm just going to take each day by day until I grow up and I'm big and strong. Like you, Thor. You'll never be as strong as me. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then number one, honestly with a bullet, is uh, the nice gnome elves get their shit pushed in by an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just too funny. Because... It was. It was it's, hilarious. It's cruel and mean, and I know that like liking it makes me a bad person. I'm okay with that. I'll I'll eat that. I'll take that L. Uh, it was... I never claimed to be anything else. <laughs> like I try, Yo. but I never claimed to be a good person. <laughs> but like, it was too fucking funny. Um, so there, <laughs> there you go. I did not have a serious one on the whole list. I'm sorry. You're fine. I, so one thing I realized just now, I've already made my top five, Yeah. but I realized just now we kind of dropped, uh, talking about Harris Hobbs. I do have to give him credit because like he was well and truly wrecked yeah. by what happened in Asgard. You know, the fact that he brought, he took these guys to Asgard and they both wound up dead one of them murdered the other and then died himself and it's all his fault yeah and um you know he he truly is kind of messed up by the whole situation and that really that really sucks because he's already going to have brain problems because his memory was erased and then yeah so and he's out of my, a job cuz he's going to get back and get fired you know if he even remembers going it's it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Uh so uh number five is uh he's running away like bullies do. And it's just like No, no, he's running away like scared twelve year olds do. I don't think you realize in this situation, Thor, that you're actually the the bully uh you bit. took a bully and became made yourself his bully <laughs> and that's that's not better like you showing up and being like wow it sure would suck if i were to bust your mush in for being a bully <laughs> like that's not a, that's not being better or being best or whatever the fuck it was supposed to be uh so yeah uh, number five is, uh, the happy little elves and, 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 and red, sorry, number four and red just being like, what's that hammer? What's that? <laughs> you say, you say I should be king? Huh? Well, that's weird. Cause these elves are saying something else. Do you have something to say about that? Uh, yeah. Number number three is Thor humble bragging. Uh, number two, I really like Sif. Um, yeah, Sif is really good throughout. She she does what she has to do to keep Red from fucking things up worse than he already has. Yeah. Uh, but at no point is she ever just like, 
I'll just meekly submit to whatever you want. It's like, no, you can force me to be here, but I'm going to hate you. Yeah. Um, I will not make it pleasant. Like, yeah, that's, you're not getting that. Yeah. Uh, Number one, though, is during Loki's trial when he's just like, why are you sentencing me for doing what I'm supposed to do? Uh, both because that's really good on its own and also because that is picked up on by other writers later on and turned into some really interesting stories, um, both in Earth, Earth X, Universe X, and Paradise X, but also in uh, the standalone Loki books. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have him just being like, I've been forced to be something for all eternity up to now. How, like how everybody keeps holding that against me, but I was just playing my role. Yeah. He, um, uh, it's right before the start of secret wars, plural, the most recent one that he, it, it, the lead into that is actually in his book. Um, or yeah, in Loki, her book at the time uh i think they were doing back and forth on that um and they've got a friend in that book who is like aren't you supposed to be evil and he's like everybody keeps saying that or they're like everybody keeps saying that i'm not evil okay trickster sure I'll, I'll cop to that one but evil no also god damn it everybody's mad at me all the time for doing the thing i'm supposed to do yeah which is what you said and they do do yeah. really interesting things with that yeah but like the whole run of loki's books uh but like daniel kibblesmith's loki did some of that and then the loki that came before that and so on and there's a lot of yeah i'm bad but i was forced to be bad by forces outside my control and while that's while for a lot of people that comes across as justification in the case of the norse gods where they are quite literally shoehorned into roles yes and by the this cycle uh and it's they're they quite literally have no say in who they are and what they do where it's just like you play a part you play that part until ragnarok and then once the cycle starts over again you play that part again yeah um and it's it's very interesting so anyway uh that is it for this week next week uh, we have a whole bunch of Spider-Woman, Ms. Marvel, and some Defenders. Uh, so join us for that. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow us both individually and at Watcher's Guide MU uh, collectively. Email us at watchersguide at gmail.com and visit our website at watcher... Sorry, watchersguide at gmail.com for email and watchersguide.com for our website. I always, I should separate those because I always fuck them up. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Uh, That is it for us. Have a marvelous week. Bye.